I'm Audra. And I'm Sadie. And we are former English Lit majors and sisters who miss reading and discussing literature with fellow Lit nerds. And we created this podcast to discuss literature fueled by libations. So pick your poison and join us each week to discuss all the queries and views unearthed in great books. And support your local bookstore. Welcome, everybody, to Lit and Libations. Hi, Sadie. Hi, Audra. (laughs) So thanks, everybody, for your patience. We had a little bit of a delay, um, but hopefully you all had time to read or finish The Book of Form and Emptiness by Ruth Ozeki, because we will be discussing the last half of the book. Um, So, yeah, uh, happy to be back. I missed you, Sadie. I missed you, too. I missed you, too. It's been, like, a crazy two weeks. Honestly, I'm kind of glad we took a little bit of break. I kind of needed more time to finish this book than I thought. It took me it took me a while to get to get through, honestly. Yeah. Um, What was your first impression of, like, the ending? I go, go ahead. Like, it was fine, but it seemed like sudden. Yeah, it felt like an abrupt ending, right? Like everything just kind of wrapped up really quickly. Like I feel like how long this book was, the ending was like, it just like wrapped up really quickly. Really quickly, almost a little too neatly, even though I wouldn't say it was like a super neat ending, but. Well, and I like wanted everything to work out. Like I wanted, you know, you want it all to work out, but it, it did. Yeah, it was, well, we'll we'll get into it. Um, So, and then our next book that we're discussing is Sula by Toni Morrison. Uh, it is not anywhere near as lengthy. No. And in my opinion, <laughs> far, far, far better, <laughs> far, far superior. Sorry, Ruth Ozeki. Yeah. I don't know how you can really beat Toni Morrison though. She's genius. Um, so go pick up a copy from your local bookstore. I really recommend it. Um, obviously that's why I picked it. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to discuss it with you. Um, so everyone go pick up a copy of Sula by Toni Morrison. Um, and then we'll announce what we're going to be doing after that, because this is Sadie's pick, and she's had such a crazy week. I'm sure you haven't even had oh, a chance you. to think about it, no. um, which is fine, because I'm spending way too much money at King's English Bookstore. I just went yesterday and bought more books. I it's, don't think it's a, that's... It's an addiction, Sadie. The The <laughs> list of books I need to read just keeps growing. I know. I know. I need to... How do you... Okay. That's a good question. I actually want to ask you, how do you pick... The next book, when you go out and like buy 20 books at a time, like, cause that's what I do. I'll go and do these like book hauls and maybe I'll get like five, you know, but I, I very rarely leave with fewer than four books. And, oh yeah. I, yeah. What's that? And I then think like yesterday, yesterday I left with four books, two were for the kids, but yeah. Fair. But like, it's so hard for me to pick the next one. I don't know. And yeah. I also like, it's hard for me to keep track. I'm getting to this point where I'm running out of designated bookshelf space and so uh build more bookshelves i know i need more bookshelves i tell brian to get on that i know he was gonna build me built-ins that go like all the way around the window that like encase around the window and then have like a window seat um or something like that but we'll see how that turns out i'm not a huge ikea furniture person but like i love my just like black ikea bookshelves Yours like, look beautiful. Well, I think like they're they're good for what they are. You just need shelves. I don't need. They don't need to be you know five hundred year old wood. Right. Stain. Like <laughs> it's good. You know it's good. Like yeah. So you I just really need recommend something to hold them up. Yeah, because like the books themselves are the pretty part. 
That's true. You know? I will say um, something I love about your house and your style in general is you oh, just I love have... this. I love this podcast episode already. Let's just compliment Audra the whole time. This sounds fabulous. Oh, I could go on. I could go <laughs> I'm just, on I'm just at length. You. No, uh, you think sweet. you think I'm joking. I am not. Audra is who I want to be when I grow up. I've talked about oh, this before. It felt so this sweet. way for a very long time. Um, but I will say I love going to your house because I think you are so creative with where you put books as well like you have books on benches you have books on fireplace mantles you have books like in the corner by the chair I just think you're so creative with it in that little library space by the piano especially in your house and it's just it it just is like I don't know it's so lived in and classic and not too terribly neat like I just, I like that though. Like, I think that's such a fun and creative thing You're and sweet. it just Thank is you. so homey. I also, while I'm on this roll, I'm going to talk about another thing that I love about your house. Oh, I love this. Okay. Um, Give it to me. I am obsessed and like love how many pictures of the family and of your adventures and everything that you have around the house. Like you put so many pictures everywhere and in such creative places. Like I've seen you put them above doorways and I would never think to put a picture above a doorway when there's only like maybe a foot and a half between that and the ceiling and you do it and it looks perfect and like your back entryway where you have your laundry room and how all those walls are like covered Mm. covered in pictures I'm obsessed I love it it's a huge inspiration to me oh you're so sweet thank you I appreciate that because I okay remember that tv show newlyweds with Jessica Simpson and some guy oh I never watched that yeah, I was like, you were too young, I'm sure. But I just remember this episode where they have pictures of themselves all over their house. You know, like, they're newlyweds. So it's, like, these, like, wedding photos yes. all over their house. And yeah. they're like, how, is this, like, really cheesy? And I was like, yeah, this is kind of cheesy that you guys have photos of yourselves all over the house. So I'm always worried about that. But it's not, like, of me and Kendrick. They're photos of, like, people in our well, lives. Well, they're, like, people in your lives. Kids. But also, also, I will say, too, is, like... I think the majority, the very strong majority of the pictures that you do have in the house of you and Kendrick, they're like of you going and doing cool things together where you have like this memory behind them other than just going and having photos taken of yourselves. This is um, true. They're not, so they're not it's very posed fun. photos They're Yeah. Well, thank you. That's very sweet of you. You're welcome. Um, yeah. It's hard to pick out a book. I don't know. I try and pick out something that's different from what I've picked before. And then it's like, yeah. will we be able to talk about this? Or or I say, Sadie, I can't decide. You pick. Do you like have, do you keep all of your unread books together? Yes. They are all stacked up in my room on on a chair. On a chair. And then I just go and pull from it. That's awesome. Right now. So right now I'm reading uh, A Particular Kind of Black Man by Topi Falarin. And Mm -hmm. it's really interesting. It's about this um, man who came to Utah when he was really young. His family's from Nigeria. And it's Mm -hmm. about him, like, growing. Well, he spends a a long amount of time in Utah. But then he moves to, like, Texas. And then he goes to Morehouse College. And um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, So I'm reading that. um, And that was one that I thought about for the podcast. I think I was, like, pick between this... It was or that or Euphoria. Euphoria. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you and you picked Euphoria, which I'm really glad you did. I think I'm not done with this novel yet, but based on what I've read so far, I'm enjoying it. But I think Euphoria was a better pick for us to discuss. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm reading Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson. And I really like that one, too. That would have been a good podcast one. Um, Yeah, because I finished Sula already. Yeah, I have not finished Sula That's already. okay. You've been having crazy. This isn't a, yeah, you've, you've had quite a crazier <laughs> life. I did not have, I've not had much of a crazy life lately. I've, it's been pretty manageable. So Good. yeah, can't complain. I'm glad. Um, okay. Well, before we get into the rest of this crazy weird book, um, what are you drinking? Because I was on the phone with Sadie before we started recording and I saw <laughs> Brian bring in her drink and a piece of paper with like what it is. Yeah, so I'm he really wrote down the excited. recipe. It's pretty cute. I think he's, I think he's really proud of it. So, he, well, make sure you take a picture and put it on on Instagram. I took. I so we're gonna post a video of me making my drink too. Sadie's gonna make it all. She's gonna zhuzh it up. Oh, I will. Um, all right. So Brian made something called a gin gin mule. Gin, so gin mule. I like it. A gin gin mule. Um, it's lime juice, simple syrup, mint gin and ginger beer so you muddle the mint okay, in the simple fabulous. syrup it's very good you muddle the mint in simple syrup you add the lime juice gin and the ginger beer ice and shake it and then you fill either and then you fill typically like a highball glass highball with ice and then garnish with mint that sounds delicious i'm gonna we, we have some i'm so excited so next week we have two of my really good friends from florida Um, They're coming out to visit with their two boys who are like the same ages as my two boys. And I am so excited to have them come visit. And we're going to go to Moab for two days. So we're going to show them Moab and we're going to go skiing one day. So we're going to do like the best of Utah. Right. I cannot wait to show them. And we've been getting snow. It's supposed to warm up a little bit next week. But we had huge snowstorm last week. And so the mountains, I mean, Sadie, you know what the mountains look like after they've had fresh snow. Yes. You guys, if you're not from Utah and you're listening, which probably isn't many of you, it is, it's just seriously one of the most beautiful states. It just is. I agree. You just get, Utah's so fun because you get the best of everything. Yes. I feel like in one state, but it's also still like pretty drivable. You know, like yeah. you can, I mean, it's you only, can drive what, from like the four bottom. hours to Moab, I think, like from something Salt Lake. like that. Like, I think it's a total of maybe seven hours from like top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Zion's is like six hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's so manageable as far as driving goes, but you get such wildly different environments mm-hmm. that it's yeah. just stunning. There's just something there for everybody and there's something fun to do year round. And I'm obsessed with Utah. I miss Utah. Plus, plus, y'all don't have to deal with ticks nearly as much. Fucking East yeah, Coast, we man. Yeah, don't, we don't have ticks. But, you know, it could could be worse. You could be... Dude, Mississippi... Okay, I did, I've only read, like, one piece of it that I saw in this article. But Mississippi passed a law. Like, it is illegal to get an abortion if you have an eptop, ectopic pregnancy. I saw you posted that. That's insane. What the heck? You can die from that. I know. It's, I don't understand. It's It's crazy. wrong. It's wrong. And, Tex- and Florida with their st- stupid don't say gay and Texas with its trans. Like, you guys, what is going on? Sorry, this is not what this podcast is, but it is just. But it but it kind of is, though. Like, 
it's not what this podcast is. We're here to talk about books and stuff, but books inform our opinions and our, we, we well, then there's all these states banning books. Are you kidding me? People want to ban, like, how are we still banning books? How are we still banning books? And it doesn't even prevent people from reading the damn books. The book sales go up when you ban a book. You're not even accomplishing what you're setting out to do. I know. Like what? I no. it's anyway, the state it's, it's insane. I think like, I don't know. I feel like we've reached this point a few years ago. Like I will, I want to say like almost the golden years of the Obama administration or something where I think people just felt like really comfortable. Like we've made all this progress and like, there's no way we can go back. We haven't, but we haven't exactly like we've made there granted. Okay. There, there have been some big national policy policy changes that have been incredible and our progress but the way that people are like doubling down on the any progress that has been made and they're trying to like retroactively bring us back further than we ever have been is disgusting and especially when it comes to a woman's right to choose i like ectopic pregnancies are not viable like i'm yeah i'm just so tired of people speaking for other people who have no like it's not just the old white men thing it's like white cisgender people in general and people like who have no i'm just tired of it i'm tired of it no one people not listening enough and not being empathetic enough and just like it's just it's just crazy to me i agree well especially like when we're talking about stuff that is genuinely life or death you know like it's one like I just can't understand how men can well and women um can go and like create these policies that will impact people but like people's like life or death but they're never going to have to be putting their lives at risk does that make sense like it's like these these older people or these men who are never going to have to be concerned that their life could be at risk risk due to a pregnancy because they'll never get pregnant like it's just not a worry a concern that they need to have and they're out legislating our bodies and with these surgeries like in texas that they want that are like if you most gender confirming surgeries, surgeries yeah are done by cis people breast yeah. augmentation testosterone therapy all the most like if you look at percentage wise most of those procedures are done by cis people yeah like you like stop oh okay anyway I, we, I gotta stop because i'm just gonna get going um that drink sounds fabulous and i will <laughs> be making it when my friends come out to visit because i just got this fabulous new gin that i can't wait to try you know i love me some gin Ooh, so yes i do that sounds delicious. So yeah, make sure you post that. Um, I, I can't wait to see your drink. Audra's made a big what? I took a pineapple. Okay. Oh, I cut off my the top, god! And I bought I've bought this cool thing that you like you twist down into yeah. or, like into the pineapple, so it it cores it all out for you. Like you pull it out, and it just has these awesome pineapple rings that come right out. And then I poured into it some Ruffini <gasps> Prosecco. Oh my God. So I just thought it was a weird and ridiculous drink and it fits the book. So that's my drink. So I went all out, Sadie. Like you literally cored a pineapple. I cored a pineapple. She is drinking out of a pineapple. I'm taking a screenshot. Take a sip. 
Okay, keep going. Hold it. <laughs> oh my god, that is so cute. Yeah, so it's like pineapple flavored. It's pineapple and prosecco because like that sounds the amazing the and it's super cute. Yeah, I'm and I gave my kids pineapple, so it's all win win. Win win. This thing was awesome. I'll send you a link to it. Yeah, um, it works great. And then you have pineapple rings and. You can drink drinks out of a pineapple. I mean, how fun is that? I feel like I'm on vacation just watching you drink out of the pineapple. Right? Like, you should play some, like, calypso music in the background or something. Yeah, right, which should. also ties in yeah. with the book. Okay. Um, is there anything else we need to waste time talking about before we talk about this book? Um, I would never refer to what we just talked about as wasting time. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I think we, I think we can talk about the book. I honestly, you know weird, Kate, I feel like the book is kind of a waste of time to talk about. <laughs> I, I wasn't as excited. Like, okay. I'm always excited to talk to you. I know. And I love doing this podcast. Me too. But I'll be honest with you. Like I, I was not as excited. I was like, I don't know what to say about, like, I don't I have feel that like, much to say I about I feel it. like we said it. I feel like we said it in the first one. Nothing really changes in the last half of the book. Like, it's no. still very full. You yeah. still have, like, this, pl- like, again, the whole side character of the Zen priest and her assistant and getting a book deal and the TV. Where, what is the point of that? Like, I, I kept thinking, okay, yeah. this, she's going to go to Annabelle and save Annabelle, like, Mm-hmm. But she doesn't. No. I mean, and is it that I'm like, okay, is the message about how there's like connections, but we may not always see those come to a fruition. I mean, you know, like we're all connected in these, cause like there, there's that connection there, right? Because Annabelle reads this book that this Zen priest writes and like the Zen priest's backstory has some, some kind of similar themes of like your potential and what you're doing with your life and change it like so I mean I don't know maybe it's just this whole idea that we're all connected even if we don't ever see those connections for ourselves but I feel like that was a really bloated way to say that I agree if that's even what if, if I'm not just like reading into it too much I don't know intended. I don't think you're <laughs> I don't think you're reading into it too much I just think it was I don't know it's either it's either that where like the the maybe the fact that like i don't know the transience of like human relationships and connections and also like our relationships to objects and stuff like the only thing that's constant is change and i don't know maybe that's something about about it like there's no maybe like closure necessarily for yeah like these relationships or like things aren't going to turn out the way we expect I don't know. I don't know. I also think maybe, too, is, like, I don't know, reliance on, like, one person or building up someone in your head. Like, maybe it's just never going to be what you want it to be. I don't know. I felt like her letters, like, her emails to the monk were, like, weird. I, I did not like the end of this book. Yeah, I mean, and at first, I didn't like how, so so it wraps up, like, Benny spends some time in 
an institute, right? Like he needs kind of round the clock care. Yeah. And Annabelle's life kind of goes even more downhill. Yeah. And then she like kind of strikes up a friendship with the like with this the ch- librarian that works in like the children's section of the library that she yeah. remembers from when Benny was young and like the librarian and some of the other characters in the book like the bottle man and stuff attempt to help clean up her house and like reuse all of her like stuff that she needs to throw away which again I like that that was like an interesting idea but it just felt really fluffy and not real I don't know and then yeah and then so Annabelle's going downhill and then it's like Benny just kind of then gets better because he decides to get better that he needs to be better for his mom like he sees what's happening and how bad this is for his mom and like all of a sudden realizes it and so he's just like okay I'm ready to be better now basically like he says something like that and then they do this kind of buddhist service at the library for his dad and then it's like the book talks a little bit about i don't know i don't i don't even know listening and the purpose of books and then it ends and i'm like okay well i like then i was like well it was benny's because i was taking benny's hearing voices and hearing hearing the objects talk as kind of a as reality like Mm -hmm. he's as reality like he has something going on and then i'm like well did this get written as like this was his grief like this was a grieving thing and now it's he's moved through that stage like i just thought that it was treated for how real it seemed it was like i really thought she was trying to speak about mental illness as yeah real and take some of the take the taboo away and really respectfully, as much as I, there are parts I didn't like about the book, I thought she was trying to really respectfully treat mental illness and not mock it and really get you to see people behind it because we so often don't see the people behind their illness, right? We just see their yeah. illness. Yeah. And I really was like, okay, I really respect that. I may not love the book, but I really respect that. But then it seemed like it was just being written off as that was just part of how he grieved. I don't know. That's what I got from it. Like, oh, now he's all better because yeah. he's through the grieving process of his dad dying. And like, yeah, all it took and was then, Annabelle getting a job again. Like, I don't. Yeah, it was a little too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it felt like I don't know if the book felt cohesive in that way thematically. Like, I agree. Yeah. Like, I just don't think that. Um, there necessarily was besides like, I think a through line of, of, uh, like the critique on like consumerism and attachment to objects, like material objects. I think that is a theme that's, that's solid all the way through. But like the issue with the mental illness, I think didn't work for me because it didn't honestly feel like fully developed or even researched like I couldn't tell like is she talking about an actual mental illness or is this all a fantasy in a way like I couldn't figure it out and then there's so much like gaslighting in this book of like the doctor gaslighting about um like Alice or LF like whether or not they're real right some of it just seemed a little ridiculous like I'm sorry she can't uh, maybe she no, can't maybe put really together to... that maybe Alice is a left until like she's well, there. And also, like, I feel like Annabelle at sometimes is written as more competent than she acts. Like, I feel like yeah. it's trying the point is trying to be made of 
look, she is a smart, capable woman. Like, you know, that what was the point of giving us all her backstory then of like showing her becoming who she like, don't, I don't know, don't paint her as this like smart, capable woman that's just had the shit end of the stick because that happens, right? Like, yeah, people, people get shafted like all the time. And I think the book makes the point about social services being so hard to utilize and that, you know, someone isn't what we think is succeeding. It doesn't necessarily mean it's because they're not capable or they're not worthy. It's like all this stuff is up against them. So I feel like the book kind of makes that point at first, which is a good one. But then it's like, really? Annabelle can't like, but then the last half of the book, I feel like makes her seem so incapable. Mm -hmm. And so I just had a hard time reconciling that. Like what, what is she? Like, I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't a really solid, almost all of the characters I felt didn't, they just seemed markedly different in ways that didn't make sense. Yeah. Like it wasn't like an evolution or a de-evolution of the character. Like it just all of a sudden they're acting in ways that don't make sense for how they've been written thus far with I not even, much explanation as to why. I even felt that way about like the book as a character, like the narrator. Like, yeah, I mean, we were talking like, sassy. Like, yeah, like we were talking Didn't you about think he was last, kind of an ass. Yeah, like, like you're not a very episode, nice book. Last episode, we were talking about how we felt like the book was being condescending towards the reader. Very patronizing, yes. But, like, the book is condescending and patronizing towards Benny. To Benny, I know. Like, rude. Like, a fucking bully. like, is this, like, representation of, like, a harsh inner critic? Like, but you're saying that's, like, this, I don't know. But I don't, but I don't even think, like, but that doesn't work. Because if it was, like, if that's the metaphor that she wanted to go for, the book should only be one character's point of view then but the book is not the book is anybody's character's point of view that it wants to be and sometimes it's directly speaking to us sometimes it's directly speaking to benny and if it was just going to be his inner critic or his way of telling the story then it needed to be only his perspective in my opinion for that to work i think the book was a bitch i not like her it was yeah and it wasn't consistent oh you you took it as a female voice interesting i did i it felt i imagined a female voice but maybe that's my inner critic (laughs) that's so interesting i imagined a male voice but i think it's just because i really connected it as like benny um yeah but then i thought the same thing of it's like an inner critic but Mm -hmm. it just yeah i don't know there's so many like if i just took the pieces of this book like took the characters, took the the plot, took some, like, put this in, like, puzzle pieces. Looking at the pieces individually, I'm like, okay, that seems interesting. That seems interesting. Like, yeah. I like where this is going. But then when it's put together in the form of this novel, I don't really like it. I agree. And I was kind of surprised. I don't know. I was, I was really disappointed because when I picked this book, it was like a recommended book at my local bookstore and I was like oh well okay like this looks interesting and I read it and the back of it and it looked interesting and I've heard good things about this author and some of my like some authors that I really enjoyed were on the book review back cover of the book um and honestly it didn't have very bad like it didn't have bad reviews either like but I just I don't understand again back to like reiterating what we discussed in the first episode on this book 
why the fuck is this book like 500 plus pages oh my god you guys it's so long this was definitely not a good timing book for you having a bunch of crazy work to do like no it wasn't i didn't the stars were not aligned the stars were not aligned i had i was like working super late for like the last two weeks straight like sometimes i was at the office from 7 30 to like 9 30 at night and when i got home i was like uh do i want to use brain to read stupid book right stupid to be long honest, book if we were reading euphoria right now you probably would have read a little bit every night yes. still absolutely like absolutely. you would have devoted at least like 15 minutes before you went to sleep absolutely reading and but this book like this, i had this to... was more like homework yeah this felt like homework this felt like i had to finish it for the podcast otherwise i would have like i would have just put it back on the shelf okay here's a question for you do you finish every book you read even if you hate it i i do i really do and i don't i've i don't think there's anything wrong with not Mm -hmm. but i do and i think i use the justification because even if i think it's shit writing is so hard yeah that's true like um we it was funny when we went and saw um oh god damn it i can't even think right now i sent you her oh fran lebowitz when we went and saw fran lebowitz yes um someone asked her like oh no maybe she no one asked her a question but she brought up how she just read this book that was really getting all sorts of praise blah 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 and she's like and i hated it it's like one of the worst books i've ever written she's like no i won't tell you what it is because regardless (laughs) of how much i hate it anyone who writes a book like being a writer is really really hard so Mm. kudos just for writing the book which we're i'm sitting here trashing a book and i feel bad doing that because i'm like except for the maidens i will trash that book all day long and i would not have finished that book if we weren't reading it for the podcast no again this is a book this is that's the one book i support getting banned just kidding i'm pretty pick like i i try and do a lot of reconnaissance like i i feel like i'm pretty good at picking stuff out yeah like i'm pretty good at that's one of my soup like you know i curate and so it's like okay yeah i'm i know my sources that i trust yeah i'm pretty good at like interpreting based i don't know I just think I have a good feel for it. So I don't have too many books that I don't enjoy. Right. That um, you would take and again, the there's time so much good literature up. out there. That's yeah. True. But, um, but yeah, this one. So I, I, if we weren't reading it for the podcast, I would still have finished it, but I probably wouldn't have finished it as quickly. I would have definitely started it on another book as well. And just like yeah. committed to finishing this, but not like, Oh no, I'm like, if I'm really into the book, I'm reading it all the time. I mean, I keep books with me all the time. I'll read them in line at like home goods. Yeah, like I will sit and as I'm waiting in the long ass line at that store, which I love that store, but the lines <laughs> are always so long. So I always am reading a book in it, but I didn't do that with this book. For one thing, it's 500 pages, so it's, it's a lot heavier to carry around in my, in my purse. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, also I just wasn't as into it. But yeah, if we were reading another book right now, you probably would have kept reading it. Yeah. But this book was a struggle. It was a struggle. It was not an escape. And, and I think back to like what we were talking about with the characters not feeling fully developed or round, well-rounded is I wasn't attached to them. 
Like, it yeah. wasn't like I wanted bad things to happen to them, but I wasn't particularly interested in how things ended for them because I just didn't really feel like I got to know them well enough to care about them deeply. And the thing Which is, is crazy because like, there's so much in here. Like, there's it is so, so fat. But There's so like, much yeah. in here. And there's stuff that you would think would make me feel more connected to them or empathetic to them because of the experiences that they go through but i just didn't yeah like i just didn't really find i don't know like i just the one thing i will say that i'm kind of battling back and forth is how much of this like stuff that i hated about this book which there's good stuff in this book but in general i don't think it worked but like how much of that stuff was like on purpose that's one thing i'm like there's no like did she do this on purpose? Is this supposed to be miserable to read? I don't know. And it's not that it was wholly miserable to read, but as a whole, like, in general, I never looked forward to reading it after about a third way through. And I feel like that's not a good thing. Like, I feel like if you're getting a third of the way through the book, you should be invited already feel there should be enough in the book in that one third to make you feel invested enough to finish it Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel that and I guess I just I almost can't quite put my finger on why because if I talk about the characters and what they went through I should be attached to them like I like there was enough emotion there that I should care but it almost felt like it was maybe even emotion wise like laid on a little thick as far as like Maybe their feelings so and what too. they went through. Yeah, I think so too. It was heavy handed. Which, again, that's how I feel about some films by some directors. Oh like, my God, <laughs> we're not talking about this. I'm just kidding. But no, like, yeah, it did. It felt, it did feel a little heavy handed, which it, it's like, yeah, it's, I agree. It was, it was just, it was a lot of stuff on the surface. It looked really pretty individually, but, like all together it just didn't it didn't jam for me i was trying to come up with some sort of food metaphor to talk about it like how it's like this it's like Mm. a great steak dinner like at some fancy steak restaurant right you go to these steak restaurants and you have to pay for everything like individually so you pay for the steak yeah and then you also have to buy your sides yeah and it's all really fancy but like they bring it out and it's like this like yeah this is what like i had to pay for all of this individually and it's got to be amazing, right? And then it's like, like, like why not was my really? Yeah, but like, why was my steak forty seven dollars? But it's well right. done instead of medium rare. Which, yeah, which, how do you exactly? And I don't know if I'm going to pay all that money. Shouldn't it be just like everything all together work really well? But it's kind of seems I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Have you been at steak places like that? And it's like, but this is the place to go, right? Because it's a really expensive steak. Yeah, but I don't. I, it's not, I don't know. And that's kind of what this book felt like to me. And then I just had a stomachache because it's like, I got to eat it all because that's a lot of money that I'm paying. I was yes. trying to figure out a metaphor like that in my head. It's not working out as smooth as I had hoped, but you pretend you get what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I, I <laughs> understand exactly what you're saying. <laughs> There's just not a lot of like real good substance. Like it's not, it looks like it should be good, but it it's looks, it looks like it me. should be It's good. not my cup of tea. Right. It looks like it should be Steak. nutritious. So many metaphors. You know, it looks yeah. like like it's got we're some gonna good keep, things. We're gonna keep going with the food metaphor. It looks like it okay, should be nutritious. This, yeah, all the stuff about consumerism, right? The consumerism right. is good. The how you know, the bringing awareness to 
mental illness, the homeless population. Yeah. Like how hard, like social services, the, that idea of grief and losing a parent. Okay. All, all good, nutritious themes. Those are yeah. like, yeah. Okay. How do we, where do we go with it? From I don't, here? I don't know. I just think, well, maybe one of the reasons why it didn't work is because she's trying to hit all of those things all at once. And those yeah. things, and those things all deserve their own They're separate attention. They're fighting against each other. Yeah. They're not melding together as flavors. They're fighting against each other. They're all yeah. good individually, but it's like they're all, all competing really flavors to be the main com- dish. Yes, but it's yes. all a bunch of side dishes, right? And it's too much. Like they're too big. It's like okay, a huge steak, a huge lobster tail, yeah, a huge pot of mac and cheese. What are or else like <laughs> too much? Because it's all competing, right? Yeah. And it's all good and it's all important, but it's but it's not much. working well together. Yeah. I agree. I think that's a great metaphor. <laughs> I think we really ran with some, it for five minutes, but I think it was really it. great. <laughs> it sounds it great. Good. It's it's the pineapple. It's because I'm drinking out of yeah, the pineapple. Yeah, it's the so pineapple. Like... <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wonder, we're on the I same. I wonder what page. other fruit you can drink out of. Um, coconut, obviously. Coconut um oh my gosh so i was in um bora bora okay ago and was it when i was in bora yeah i think it was when i was in bora bora and i remember seeing this couple that was obviously there for like a honeymoon i mean it's a very like romantic place yeah and seeing this guy this puny little white guy trying to crack open a coconut on the rocks at the beach right to present to his lady Oh my god! And not, not being able to do this, like he could not get this coconut open. And along walks one of the hotel employees. Yeah. And just you know offers kindly, would you like some assistance? I don't know exactly what he said, but seemed like you know he's offering to help this poor guy out <laughs> to get in this coconut. And the guy like looked at him like, yeah, give it a go, you know, like not anticipating that this guy would also be able to do it because of uh-huh. course if he can't coconuts are just too hard to open right like you uh-huh. need a, a machete uh-huh. and he just takes it and just does one quick wrap on a rock and it cracks perfectly open and he just like hands it back to the guest Aww. with like, this huge smile on his face and i'm just dying it was the funniest <laughs> thing i'd ever like this poor guy like it's just it was good <laughs> so i just always think of that when i think of coconuts that's funny. I always think of like uh, Castaway. <laughs> Do you know that I haven't seen that movie all the way through? Why was it too heavy handed for you? <laughs> <laughs> you said that was such a snotty look on your face. Like, <laughs> like before you even spoke, your face was like, oh, of course you haven't finished watching Castaway. <laughs> like, are you too esoteric for Castaway? <laughs> and maybe I am, Sadie. <laughs> I mean, you know, I do watch like all the Real Housewife Bravo shows, so obviously I am a much more highbrow oh listening or watching. Uh, speaking of, <laughs> no, I just, I didn't, I, I just couldn't do it. 
it's okay. a little boring. It's okay. You know what? I haven't watched it all the way through since like the first time I watched it. Yeah. I think it's a great first watch. It's not, I don't think it's a great rewatch, but I will tell you, I get a little misty eyed every time I think about Wilson, the volleyball. I, but what does that have to do with a coconut? Well, Wilson has nothing to do with the coconut, but he spends a significant amount in the movie trying to open coconuts for water. Oh, okay. Because okay. <laughs> I was like, where is she going with this? I thought it was a soccer ball or a volleyball or some ball. Like, I didn't think it was a coconut that he talked to. It's like, wow, I really didn't pay attention. No, he no talking to the coconuts, but coconuts are definitely a, a, a main a character in that movie. Um, that movie's great. I mean, it's, it? I, 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 I get that it's a little boring. It's just watching one man on a beach for like two and a half hours. So don't get me wrong. I get it. But I will tell you, nobody except for Tom Hanks can make me feel connected to a volleyball quite like Tom Hanks can. Like, I don't think anybody else would be able to pull it off. But by the end, I'm just like, damn, Tom he Hanks. Term- I'm so sorry he- that you lost Wilson. This he is, is so sad. Charming. What? I, he is charming. Like, Tom Hanks is charming. Oh, what's he's your very favorite charming. Tom Hanks, what's your favorite Tom Hanks movie? Oh, that's a great question. Right? That's a really hard question. I got I to gotta pull up his IMBD because, like, he's been in so... He's been in so much. I think, like... Okay, so there's, like, two separate questions. There's my favorite movie with Tom Hanks, and then there's what I think is the best movie with Tom Hanks. And those are two very different answers. Okay, give me give me both. Your, so your favorite and your best. Okay, um, I think the best is Philadelphia. Okay, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie shreds me apart. Um, I think that my favorite is just like good old classic rom-com Tom. And you've got mail. I love you've got mail. Do you know that I've never seen that movie? I've never seen that. I've never seen Sleepless in Seattle. What are the other famous like rom coms in that? In that era? Well, like yeah, you know so how there was like all of those like those were like his biggest ones. But like Nora Ephron is what you're talking about, and you're talking that's yeah, you've yeah, got like mail. Nora Ephron movies. The, when Harry Met Sally? Nope. <gasps> Audra. No, I haven't. What did you do? What did you watch? Like, when you were developing, what did you watch? <laughs> I was developing. Um, <laughs> I watched the weird, well, I'm older than you. Well, although those are older, those movies are older than you. But I watched, like, weird 80s movies like The Rats of Nim, The Last Unicorn. Have you ever seen any of those movies? What was the first one you said? The Rats of Nim. It's an animated movie. It's so weird. It's like... It's good. It was a book. It's hard to explain. Did you but ever it's... watch rom-coms? No. I'm not a big rom-com fan. Like, I can't even think... I couldn't think really to tell you what's a romantic comedy that I enjoy. Okay, but you haven't seen any Nora Ephron rom-coms. So I feel like no, you No, the only one I've on seen it. is the one with Jack Nicholson that was in it with Diane Keaton. Oh, let, that's like something's got to give or something. Like I think that's what something that's like called. That. I've seen that, but yeah, that's that's, it. that's like not really? the best era. Yeah, okay, you have to watch. Okay, if I if I were to recommend 
any rom-coms. I would say mm-hmm. Nora Ephron is the best. She wrote the best rom-coms. And okay. um, When Harry Met Sally is the best rom-com. It is the best. Okay. It's objectively the best. It's adult. I think it's very, like, realistic as far as, like, relationships. It's hilarious. It's icon- It's iconic. Um, when Harry Met Sally, I think anybody would enjoy it. It's it okay. doesn't even okay. feel like overly rom commy, like if it's just a good movie. It's just a objectively good movie with good writing. It's a good one. I'll give it a shot. When Harry um, Met Sally, do that for me. That's okay. your homework for the week. Uh, we'll check okay. back in. <laughs> I okay. can't wait to hear what All you right. think. Okay, what are your uh, favorite Tom Hanks movies? The only one I can really think of that I I mean I like him. I think he's charming. I've seen lots of his movies, but like. The only one that I really, really loved is um, A League of Their Own. Oh, that's a great movie. That's yeah, that's a great movie. I really like I really like that movie. Um, yeah, but I think he's like charming. Like I'm always like, oh, it's Tom Hanks. Like when I see him in something that I'm not expecting yeah. to see him in. Yeah. Um. How did we get off on that rant? Coconuts. How did we get to Tom Hanks? Oh my gosh! Wow. We, well, actually, pineapples. We have traveled why like far. <laughs> That was, we, we went, went from miles on us one. giggling like crazy to you saying about it's what? because you were, I don't know. We were bitching about food. the book. Our food was, metaphor. Okay. We were, yeah, I got the food it. Metaphor. We were trying to make a food metaphor for the book, which made me talk about pineapples, which made us talk about coconuts, which made us talk about castaway <laughs> to Tom Hanks, yes. to romantic comedies, to Harry met Sally back to Tom Hanks. Yes. And now we're back. We and have traveled back. in a really big circle, but we are back to where we started. Yeah. Got it. Full circle. Whew. Um, I just don't want to talk. I don't I'm not really, I don't know what else to say about this I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about the book, honestly. Okay. Actually, I will ask one thing. What does he do to himself in the bindery? I was so okay, confused. How I, how I interpreted that is that there was like, there's like a big cutter, right? Yeah. Like I almost pictured it like those huge paper cutters that I always got so excited when I got to use at school. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a huge one, right? They're like, like some really, industrial they're size. huge and they're super sharp. And yeah. yeah. And I like that he got cut up by one. Like he got naked and sat like tried to so cut himself. What like was a he book. trying? Like he's like, I a was bo- just I don't like know. confused about what he was trying to cut off because I was like, okay, was he trying to like cut off his dick? Like I'm so confused about it what he was trying to because he's I like, he talks trying... about him holding his genitals and he's naked. And I'm like, why is he yeah, holding his genitals? Yeah, but I don't genitals? think he, I think it's just because he was, he was naked. Um, it's very But weird. I think he was just trying to like cut himself like a book. I, or I don't know. That's the. I'm like, why? Yeah. That, that doesn't I... make any sense to me. I'm like the binary scenes actually kind of in general just felt like really weird and out there. But in a way that it wasn't explained enough to make sense in any way. It kind of reminded me um, of, you know, when we read My Year Abroad, like TBT, yeah. throwback to our second book. Um, was that our second? That was our second book. Oh, crazy. Yeah. That's, that's Did you see that there's a Cersei necklace that, you know, our, the awe-inspired oh, company that we both have no. necklaces from? They just released a Cersei one. Oh, we should get that together. We should have matching Cersei necklaces. Yeah, I think we need to reward ourselves. We do. 
Okay. We're very close to our 50th episode. That's how we reward ourselves. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, what was I saying? Oh, it reminded me the bindery scenes felt so weird to me that it kind of reminded me. Were they like the torture scenes in? In My Year Abroad. Yeah. Or yeah, like the torture when, scenes. Or like when they're stirring huh. the pot and they're like these two men just in this like giant pot of like curry basically and they're or like yeah sauce yeah when he was making the yeah and then it's like these human beings like churning physically the sauce and it just like seemed so out there but i think like it worked it worked even more in my year abroad because it like it was so bizarre but he spent so much time on it that it worked yeah and there was other yeah, weird I almost, stuff. I don't know. I almost feel like it's almost like there had to be, like she would kind of insert really violent things or like really shocking things to almost like. Keep it going. Just like ramp up the tension a little bit. Almost Maybe. as if to draw you in more, just kind of continue to have, like just continuing to amp up the drama. Because yeah. it just builds, right? It goes from the scissors to putting himself in dangerous situations to the riot to the binder. I mean, it just seemed to be this increasing of, and I don't know if that's to show like the increasing severity of their downhill slide, yeah, or it's supposed to, you know, if someone's going through a traumatic event, you become super invested in the event you know everyone loves you know these big oh and then this happened to them like these almost catastrophic you know we kind of revel in some ways in other people's drama yeah but so i don't know if it's that i don't think it was like that for um my year abroad i think that was just part of the like the idea of how intense and crazy things were over in asia outside of his suburban life right like there was like this big yeah trying to show this big dichotomy between these yeah. two lives he'd led that's kind of my thought back on it now but in this one it just seemed like she just kept amping up this this yeah. drama almost like there's going to be a crescendo right like we're going to have i kept expecting this big like something big to happen and then benny instead it's just benny being like oh they're giving yeah, my mom I'm a really hard now. time she's really she's really having a hard time i'm gonna get better and then I, and now i'm better I mean, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. being a little hyperbolic with how simplified it was, but it's but it was still true. pretty simplified. But and, and then but, it's just over, and then it's just over. And also, he's like, is he better? Like, I think he is just managing it better because he still says things afterwards that like suggest he still is hearing or understanding these voices because she's like they're still going through stuff at the house and they're talking about what stuff of Kenji's to get rid of and. You know, she doesn't want to get rid of all of his old shirts. And he's like, Mom, they don't want to be here. They have their own lives. And, like, it's this weird kind of, like, acceptance of him hearing the voices there, which I think is fine. Like, I think it's okay, like, to, like, if if it's about mental illness, like, accepting it, making it more normal, like, not talking about it with each other like it's taboo and kind of just, like, rolling with it. But, um, but then it's, it's like, well, okay, then he's not really, like better it's just that he's managing it better which i guess maybe that's better i don't know yeah i think it just like it it, like there just wasn't enough behind it it just that's why it felt so sudden it's like there was so much build up and discussion about 
what he was experiencing before, but then not after. And yeah, I don't know if you're going to have it be 500 pages. What's an extra hundred to continue, you know, to <laughs> wrap it up in a, I mean, why not? Like, if you're gonna yeah, why go not? This we're already far, there. If we're we're that already far. there. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to finish it, you know? So yeah. I don't know. It was, I think I was just disappointed with the ending because I was waiting for this big payoff. Yeah, me too. Which could have, um, which could have genuinely turned the whole thing around quite a bit. Do you think, have you ever, have you read ever read a book like that where you hated it up into a point and then all of a sudden it mm. redeemed itself? I probably have. I can't I have. think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm trying to think about something about a specific thing. Um... I can't think off the top of my head, but I'm sure that one exists for me. I actually, so there's an author named Marlon James. Um, he's Jamaican. Yeah. And um, he did I like Black, loved, Black Leopard for yes. Red Wolf. Uh-huh. And I loved that book. He has a new one that's out and I'm waiting for it to come to the bookshop where I go, but it's called um, Moon Witch Spider King. Yeah. And it's, um, it's not like a sequel, but it has a lot of the same characters. Okay. And that book, so that first one, mm-hmm. um, that one I liked, but it, it really turned around for me in like the last half of the book where it became something I was like, oh, okay, it's almost like I did a lot of this homework and then it all just made sense. And it was super enjoyable because it all like connected really well for me. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe one that it's not that I didn't like it, but the second half of the book really like amped up how much I enjoyed the book. It went from just being, okay, this is fine to like, wow, I really, this is awesome. Yeah. And so like, I'm super excited for his next book. So that's one. I can't think of any others off the top of my head, but I was kind of hoping for something like that. Yeah, of course. Like, but no, we would want not to have to read 500 pages with no payoff. We're being really bitchy about this book, but like, I know. But I think I think it's because we're bitchy. Because we're bitchy, but also <laughs> but also because like it could have been really good. Like it could have I just cannot get over watching you sip from that pineapple. It's like my favorite um, thing. I know. I mean, right? It just sets the tone. It's just It's just a little bit of a ridiculous thing. I think it's so cute. <laughs> so stinking cute <laughs> i know kendrick walked in the kitchen because he was out here yeah um, and he got me set up and then he walked in and he's like is that what your drink is <laughs> he's like yeah it's gonna be it's good <laughs> it sure is <laughs> oh man um okay well i know you've been crazy so you haven't really probably had a chance to like read anything else or watch anything of note that you want to um you know what i've actually um i'm not sure if i'm super proud to share it but one thing is like when i've been getting when i've been getting home after like a stressful like really hard day like my brain is just firing all day mentally exhausted i don't want to think yeah i watched love is blind you watched what love is blind what is that where have you been? Oh my God! It's the Netflix. I've been watching a lot of Star Trek. There's show. been lots of new Star Trek out. It's the Netflix they, I... reality TV dating show where couples f- date, 
in these pods where they don't see each other. They just start talking to each other. So they have no idea what the other person looks like. And then they do this. Yeah, but they're all probably gorgeous people. Am I incorrect? Is there there like a single person there there who is not considered attractive by like, you know, the media, basically? Absolutely not. Everybody is attractive. Of course. Um, And And they all probably, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But they all like fall in love and then you have to propose before even meeting each other. You don't get to meet each other until someone proposes. And then when you propose, you get to meet each other. And then like all the episodes and then you're supposed to get married in like three weeks and you either say I do or I don't at the altar. And it is crazy and dramatic and absolutely ridiculous. And I lost like brain cells watching it. But Wait, no judgment. I mean, I have my own hilarious. trash TV. It's just not that trash TV. But I have my own trash TV. It was hilarious. It was so fucking funny. Like, Do I have to watch that too? I, I mean, I'm not assigning it to you as homework. But okay. if you like reality TV in any kind of way, I do think that that show is like genuinely really fucking funny. And also... Like, I actually really liked some of, like, the the people in it. Like, I'm interested to see what one of them does in particular going forward. But, like, it is just, it's fucking funny. It is and it's new. Funny. Yes, it's brand new. It's Love is Blind Season 2. Oh, okay. So there's um, two seasons of, of the same concept. Yes. Yeah. It's like okay. The Bachelor. But season but two like has each... made it more popular. Yes. And season two okay. is genuinely um, hilarious. It is so funny. It's okay. so ridiculous. Okay. There's like this one female character in it. Um, and she <laughs> has like the weirdest quirks with her body of like what she does. Like she'll squint. So like this is her face. Like every time she thinks something is weird, she squints and lifts her head back, and you like it feels like she's just closing her eyes. It's just funny. It's just funny. I don't know how else to explain it. It's ridiculous. Um, it absolutely has zero respect for the sanctity of marriage, um, but it is. Okay. Uh, I mean, hilarious. I'll give it a shot. I'll see how long I can get through it. Um, okay. Okay. Have fun. I'll give it. I'll give it a shot. But most importantly, watch When Harry Met Sally. Okay, I'll do that. I'll try and do that this weekend. I've got to get, we've got new episodes of Star Trek to catch up on because Picard started and then Star Trek Discovery has episodes. And oh my gosh, Sadie, Picard is so good. Like I I haven't been watching it because I don't have the CBS TV or Paramount or whatever. I'll give you my Paramount login. Really? Yes. Why not? Why would I not? I don't know. Are you? I gave it to my devices? friend Becky, and Becky is probably not listening. But I gave it to Becky specifically so she could watch Star Trek because she's like had never watched Star Trek before. I went off on it to her in hopes, you know, I'm always trying to convert people, mm-hmm. and she's like, okay, like, and she had started to watch the old series somehow and then lost access to it. And I was like, no, and you have to watch the new series Discovery. You have to watch Picard. They're so good. So I gave her my login. You know what she? watches she has not watched any of the star trek i have instructed her to watch but she's watched um amazing race i becky i love you 
you need to revoke that password i told her i told her i'm gonna change it like i threatened and if i didn't care about her so much i would do it but i i'm just so disappointed but i will give you my login but you have to you have to watch it it's so good okay i have a question I love Picard. and if you liked star trek next generation do you love it do you have good. to have had watched star trek next gen like all of it like i have a basic concept of the characters and stuff but i don't really know like any of the plot or like storylines um no but i mean why would you not want to that's true it'll be more enjoyable because there's characters in it that are so good in star trek next generation it's just such it's so good okay. like the first episode right. of the second season just premiered and it's just got everything it's got you've, heart and you've soul convinced and adventure me. are you and sure it's not a little heavy-handed with all that heart and soul fuck off it is genuine and real and it is it make it lets it it makes you feel it without shoving it down your throat just if you're a good human who cares about humanity and that hopefully one day if you want to believe that our world will be better that uh-huh. we will be better as people uh-huh like it will help because i just hope we are better as people i just want us to be better i want to be better i know. want humanity to be me better too. i just want us to be better do you want me to stop making fun of you about the john williams thing Steven Spielberg. I love John Williams. Oh, well, okay. Well, okay. Mm, girlfriend. But see, how Steven Spielberg. You, how puts can it? you love John Williams without loving Steven Spielberg? Good. The music is good. I don't need. This is what I mean. This is why he's heavy handed. Okay. John Williams is great. You can tell emotion through just his music without having to watch the movies. But the but music he, was made for the movie. But, so the movie was made I before know, the music. But, I understand that, but like <laughs> he is telling John Williams what to do with it, and then he's putting like the imagery plus the music. It's just, I just too, it's I still too just heavy I but want, it's not John Williams' fault. I want fault. a specific example of what you think is heavy-handed. Okay, I'm sure the like I'm sure there's not you know he's not getting paid anywhere near what Steven Spielberg is. Like he's just got to do a job, and he's doing a great job at it. But Steven Spielberg is just making it too much Mm. there's just too much you know what you need to do you need to come visit me for tanglewood for what so the concert series the concert series the berkshires are like world famous for this tanglewood concert series uh no it has to do with john williams john john williams is the the artist the resident artist has been mm. for like 20 years and he's like the laureate tangle tanglewood laureate and he performs here every year and with the boston pops and he is amazing and i saw him is last year it was so fun yet? what is the lineup out yet yeah the yeah concerts? the tickets are out also james taylor is like a local and he does a performance there every fourth of july but the tickets sell out within like hours um, Ooh, let's see. You've got Ringo Starr, mm-hmm. Bonnie Raitt, James Taylor. Oh, July third. James, another James Taylor. I don't know. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Oh, that's in August. I wonder if I could make that one work. Oh, John Williams, the twentieth. Okay, maybe we could do just like a quick trip. Okay, we don't. We can talk about this off the pod. We don't need to. Okay. We don't need to subject people to that. Um, let's talk about this off off pod. Okay. That's got to happen. Um, okay, man, we. I'm so sorry, everyone. We right. are not. We have not talked hardly at all about what we should be talking about. 
That's okay. If we were talking about the book, all we would be talking about are circular conversations about how much we hated it, and this episode would have been 20 minutes. But instead, they got to learn more about how fun we are. (laughs) We'll do better next time. Sula's really good. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot more uh, fruitful discussion, I'm guessing, by the next episode, for sure. Um, I also, with books, so when I went to the bookstore... Uh, yesterday I also I picked up a book for the kids yeah and I got one for Lachlan and it's see it's so good I can't remember the name of the author I'll have to look it up um but it's called I Eat Poop a dung beetle story and it's about this dung beetle and he is embarrassed about the fact that he eats poop but he's a dung beetle um and he goes to school and he gets accepted by the cool bugs until he realizes that like he's gonna have to like he would hide his lunch of poop and then he blame like they see him with it and he blames it on a fly and says it's the flies and so they want him to go like torture the fly about it and then he's like no i won't i am a dung beetle and i eat poop and then they're all kind of starting to make fun of him and then a grasshopper or praying mantis or something's like well my mom ate my dad Oh my and then gosh. They all tell about the weird things that they do because bugs are weird and crazy, right? Like, yes. ones, like the worms, like, I, I don't know. I can't remember the worm one. And then there was another one that's like, well, I'm a boy and a girl. And another one's like, well, I smell through my armpits. Like, they just tell all these weird facts about them. And then it's about, like, we're all weird. So stop Aww. making fun of each other. That's it's cute. so good, though. Yeah. So it's by Mark Pett, P E T T. And he's actually a local author, apparently. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so I picked that one up for Lachlan, and I really enjoyed the book. I enjoyed it more than the Book of Form and Emptiness. And you know I don't enjoy poop humor. But it was like, <laughs> it was it was not it was not poop discussion just to be gross. It was, oh, it my was gosh. learning, too. That's so It made me feel cute. better about it. I am going to go see if this is at my bookstore, because I have a friend at work who is about to give birth and oh, i'm yeah, all about cute. giving baby books and i know that's not a baby book but it's a well, it's a picture book they don't so. know anyway you're just reading it to them and at least it's funny for you as an adult to read i always picked when they were little little yeah i would read them my books i would just read out loud because really that's what it is yeah that's probably why your kids are so smart and awesome oh that's sweet they are pretty they are pretty awesome they were um, extra cute yesterday. I gave Kendrick a heads up when I was on my way home. That they were going to be they extra just, cute? <laughs> they were just being extra cute. I was like, just prepare yourself. It's a little oh, cuteness overload God. right now. Like, arm yourself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like cuties. Cute I miss those boys. Um, yeah. Well, guys, I'm sorry. I don't have anything else to say about this book, so we'll let you go. This was a weird episode. I blame the pineapple. A- uh, Yeah pineapple blamed but also i had super fun i had so much fun this was a fun episode i loved recording this episode considering the fact that i did not like the book i think it's because we just haven't talked for so long and we're just so excited to talk yeah, to that's each true. other we took we took a, a break yeah so we we're excited so you guys all got to be a part of that you're welcome um but we will sula i think we can do sula in one episode but we'll see we might okay. split it up there's okay. lots to talk about so we'll probably split it up so let's do that we'll have two episodes for Sula. Okay. Um, and then we will address as soon as possible what our next book will be so you guys can get prepped, put it, download it on your Audible, 
go to your local bookstore, pick it up, whatever it is you do. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we will redeem ourselves with Sula and then we'll go from there. There's some <laughs> great books out there. I'm really excited. So um, thanks everybody, especially those of you who made it through the book. Mm-hmm. We, I'm CD, I appreciate you doing the work. You've had crazy, crazy oh, couple thanks. weeks. So thanks for getting it done. You're a trooper. You're a trooper. You're very patient and good to me. Uh, also, all of our all listeners right. who actually read this book are troopers. So kudos to you. Total. We salute you. Yeah, vir- virtual high five. Or and if you disagreed with us, let us know. Actually, yeah. I'm very interested. If Convince you disagreed, me. if you really enjoyed the book, don't be afraid to tell us that you enjoyed it. I want to know, and I'm, I want to know why. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not wrong often, but I can admit when I'm wrong. <laughs> so, like, convince me. <laughs> the challenge is out there. <laughs> I mean, I'm really not, but I'm willing to listen to your argument and be open to change. I'm just not wrong often, but I will listen. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> With that, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Next episode. <laughs>